Garrett. And I'm Daniel. And this is Modern Gaze. Today, we have Ben Grubb, who is a full-time journalist and editor at the Sydney Morning Herald and the founder of Gay Sydney News, an emerging platform on Instagram. You've interviewed and covered stories on recording artist Troy Sivan, the beauty brand owner and influencer James Charles, and have broken several stories on Sydney's gay scene. You also reported on several international drag icons while they were in the wild for Sydney World Pride. Welcome to Modern Gaze. Thank you so much for having me. We got this together very uh, <laughs> spontaneously. I just happened to be down where you are and I'm so glad to be here. Yes, we're so thankful to have you on the show and uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, we've actually been following several of your posts and they just seem so timely and so relevant and there is this breaking news aspect to them. And I think what's incredible about the platform that you're sharing on it's just so immediate and it's in everyone's hands and it's a great resource where people can be entertained but also learn about mm-hmm. important things going on. How did you decide that Instagram or something social would be kind of where you get started? Uh, well, so there are a number of media outlets that started in recent years specifically tailored towards social media. Mm-hmm. A lot of Gen Z and millennials even getting their news from social media only. Mm. And there's a great Australian company called The Daily Oz that started doing this in Australia. They probably saw it happening in the US where they saw that you could put 10 Instagram cards on a carousel Mm. and put text on them. Companies like Canvas started coming out, which made it really easy to like put together these kind of cards that provided information and put graphics in there. Mm. Uh, And that really made that method popular. And then I started um, doing it as well. I really like tapping into like the zeitgeist Mm -hmm. of a particular hyper-local community because people are, it's what everyone's talking about. Mm -hmm. And I I like uh, bringing that information to people who might not necessarily live in the Sydney neighborhood. Um, they might come into it and they're like, well, where's the best place to go? Like right. what, what's going on? Which clubs? The Yeah. So it's kind of spurred on from there. You live currently in Sydney, mm. you lived in Melbourne, you lived in a lot of places in Australia. You're here now and we just kind of haphazardly put this chat together because we're a big fan of what you're doing. And you reached out to us on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, posting one of our you know reels. And then we really were instantly connected where we were like, oh, hey, let's actually. We were secretly very excited. We're like, oh, because <laughs> we, we also didn't really know who was behind Gay yeah. Sydney News. And it was kind of exciting to connect on a platform yeah. that is really doing what its purpose was, which yeah. is to connect people. And I think it's so exciting because I've obviously on your post, like you get a lot of traction, you get a lot of engagement. And I think what you do well is you build a community, right? It's like mm. that hyper local focus, like you said. And when something happens... I feel like you bring the community together to bring that awareness. You bringing that attention to what's actually happening locally and like sharing that I think is so wonderful because other platforms may not share that. You look at the comments and people are responding to others and uh, yeah, it is a sense of community that I thought was missing Mm. where there are websites that post this content. But as I say, to get to that younger demographic, you've really got to be on social media. You can't just put... A, like a image up that says, you know, go and click the link in the bio and then go off to this other platform and then read the news. You need mm-hmm. it to be all on social. In comparison to a platform that is so digital, so ephemeral and like just changing constantly to working for an institution like the Sydney Morning Herald where you are an editor, what is your experience there and, and working for 
a media network that has quite a bit of history and a pretty big impact. Working for a mainstream news outlet is really interesting, fascinating. Um, You've got to kind of cover the news everyone needs to know. We're covering all sorts of things from Indigenous issues, climate change, Mm -hmm. politics federally, uh, and it's got a massive impact. It has influence. You've got to be focused on what your audience specifically is interested in. And that's kind of like why I enjoyed studying Gay City News because I'm focusing on exactly what my community is talking about and I've really enjoyed doing that. With starting Gay City News, you have this outlet to really focus on the type of stories that you are interested in or think that should get more coverage. Do you feel like you have opportunities like that in collaboration with Sydney Morning Herald? Whenever there's a story that comes past my desk, I take it to the Herald. I'm just thinking back like the first time in my life where living as a gay man intersected with writing for a mainstream media outlet was covering this story where a Sydney person had hacked Grindr. Uh, it was in the early days, probably in the early 2010s or so. And what did, um, they, what did they do? Yeah, um, they. so I found out because one of my sources knew that I had been a part of, like they had hacked me. I looked into it a little bit more and I ended up interviewing the CEO of Grindr. Wow. And I brought this information to them. I'm like, do you know that this is happening? Back then you could open up Grindr and it would immediately log you in. Mm. Uh, and that was the thing that caused all of this because what what happened was you could, in technical speak, like you would run your iPhone through a computer and you could see all of the photo things there. And each one had an individual unique ID and that individual unique ID was used to log you in wow. to Grindr. Okay. And so when you looked and ran it through a, a sniffer, it's called, you could see everyone else's unique ID and then you could spoof it. And then you could become their that person. Wow. So you could see their favorites. You could pretend to be them. You couldn't see their previous chats, but you could instigate, new instigate a new chat. Wow. You could see where their location was, like their longitude and latitude. Wow. Um, it was a That's huge scary. invasion of privacy. Yeah. Do you think that can still happen today? Well, you, soon after that story, they started usernames and passwords. And I think they've come a long way since then. Back then there was a US congressman who saw the story and they were, you know, going after Grindr and saying, what are you going to do about yeah. fixing this? So it became quite a high-profile story internationally, um, all because I was a victim of this, I guess, crime. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was one of the most interesting stories where I first kind of, yeah, brought a story that I had heard from my community and took it globally. Another more recent one that I also took to the Herald that I got from running this community page was during World Pride and Mardi Gras, they decided to monitor the crowd in a certain way. So they set up a few cameras on the street and they used facial recognition to monitor the sentiment of the crowd Mm. um the i guess you could see also the gap between the distance um and they weren't storing this information but they could also see if anyone was getting into a fight or whatever and then notify the police if they needed to and then they used another technology that was sniffing the location of mobile phones and how many they were in a particular area. I think that did a that they did a good job in de-identifying stuff, and I wouldn't be too concerned. But it was just bringing that fact to people that, like you know, when you see a thing on a wall that says you're being recorded, mm. um, you don't really see on a wall oh, you're 
getting facial recognition applied to you right now. You know, your mobile phone is being sniffed. So just bringing that awareness and attention to the subject was kind of fascinating. And yeah, I'm really happy that the Herald supported yeah. publishing that. There should be checks and balances with these systems in place, especially in the media that hold people accountable for how they're being recorded and is that being communicated to the public? Yeah. Um, and I think that's what the media is great for is that it holds people to account mm-hmm. uh, and it's a public information resource. And yeah, I've definitely enjoyed that aspect of it. Mm. With your intention of starting Case Sydney News, walk us through the origin story. How did it kind of come together and what was that kind of light bulb moment where you're like, I'm doing this? I think I was sitting on a beach in Coogee and I had been told some information about the new venue of where Puff Duff would be in Sydney. Yeah. And I was like, do I just tweet it? Like, what do I do with this information? Mm. You know, a mainstream media outlet is not going to care about the next venue <laughs> for where Puff Duff is. And I'm like, there's no place where I can like put this besides just tweeting it out or telling a friend. Mm. It was hot news, yeah. It was. Mm. And I wanted to do something about it. So I first got permission to start the page from my employer and then wrote up that story. And that worked really effectively. And World Pride was coming. And I thought there's going to be so much news about mm. the local stuff that I was talking about. Absolutely. We definitely need more representation, especially in mainstream media and, and in news in general. Mm. What do you think is your projected goal for? Gay City News. Where do you see it? Um, I like being independent. Uh-huh. Not having advertisers is actually quite a useful thing. I'm just going to keep writing more stories. Gay life is not just Oxford Street or um, the inner west in Sydney. Uh, it's so much more. Um, there was a new monkeypox case I in New that. South Wales recently. Um, I was surprised during World Pride that there weren't any cases mm. and lots of people coming internationally from places that aren't necessarily... Um, up to date with the vaccination rollout. How do we get people more aware of like sexual information, Um, you know, PrEP and PEP. Um, Some people don't know about PEP. What's PEP? Post having sex with someone without protection, you can take a medication within the first 72 hours. Hours, yes. Sharing information like that, um, some of the stuff like VIP programs, how to get access to them, clubs closing down, new clubs opening, new mm-hmm. nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, just keep covering more news. That's amazing. We did an episode called Gayborhoods and obviously Garrett's from Los Angeles and I'm from Melbourne and you were mentioning to us before we started filming this episode that you had lived in different parts of Australia. Mm. For our listeners that may be unaware of Sydney, give us some insight into Sydney as a gayborhood and like um, maybe some of your thoughts. I grew up in Tasmania. Then I lived on the Sunshine Coast with the parents Moved down to Sydney, uh, took the leap of faith into journalism. I've moved to Melbourne, moved to Brisbane and then back to Sydney. So I've seen a lot of the different nightlife aspects of each city. I really like Melbourne. Um, That's why I'm down. I come down every two or three months um, to go out. It's a lot of fun. I do notice with Melbourne you've got to like pick a side, north or south. (laughs) Yes, this is true. Um, Well, you can do both, but it's difficult. In Sydney, I really like that you can just, you know, start at the bottom of Oxford Street and work your way up. I find that Melbourne people, yeah, they're really nice. They want to talk to you. You can go up to them at a club and like introduce yourself to someone that you've not met before. That's harder in Sydney. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that Sydney is probably more like LA in that sense. Mm -hmm. I just feel people are quite authentic here. You can find authentic people in Sydney too. Maybe not on in the night scene. What I like about Sydney is that there are some what we call one night only gay nights, but there are more permanent gay LGBT focused venues that are built and operated and owned by gay people or the community. 
I feel like there's a little bit less of that here in Melbourne. Mm. And do you see that? Or well, do that's you... what I've heard. The people behind these events that are being run are typically from the queer community. Correct. I think Anthony Hocking, the Hockers, as he's known, who runs Puff Doof in Melbourne, uh, and bringing that to Sydney as well. Shad Danessi, who mm. runs ARC, he's 70 years old now. Wow. He's still going and running that venue. Stonewall's been around for a long time, also run by members of the queer community. Making sure you've got the event owners that are part of the queer community, like they have a deeper understanding of what's going on. Yeah. yeah. I'm always about dynamic points of view and creating spaces for the most inclusive gathering of people. Mm. And I think when you have different points of view and different perspectives, especially in like an owner like an operative owner person who's running a club or venue, if there's variation in their identity, Mm -hmm. it adds different elements. That's why I love West Hollywood is because you go from like club to club to another club to another club. Like it's like literally just this huge strip. Mm. Um, And if you meet someone at one club, you can like go check out another club or go with your friends and then go back there. mm -hmm. Like you can kind of bar hop, I guess you could say. Yeah. And you can do that in Sydney. You Um, absolutely can. I think just talking to the identities of club owners, So in Sydney, you've got your queer community, which would be in the inner west, and you've got your gay community who Mm. are on Oxford Street. Um, And, yeah, there's a bit of something for everyone, Mm. I guess. I think that's one thing that I kind of am grappling with at the moment is, like, I've called myself Gay City News, not Queer City News, and it was a very deliberate, like, reason. I think that when you are hyper-focused, hyper-local, you know, I'm a gay man. Like, I don't know enough about the queer community Mm. to cover it. Uh, and that doesn't mean I won't. And I've just, I've thought about that deeply recently. How would you differentiate the two for listeners who don't understand the difference between they're like, isn't gay queer or isn't Mm -hmm. it the same thing? Well, LGBTI, like G is the gay bit. Uh, and then there's lesbian, bi, you know, trans, like so much more to the community. Uh, and so yeah, gay is, um, men who, uh, attracted to men Mm -hmm. and then queer i think it's where there's different gender identities fluidity there's a lot of quote-unquote white gays a lot of privilege uh and you know they wouldn't go to the barrister on sunday Mm -hmm. that's why i do like the fact that you've got these different venues like there's another bar on oxford street called shinglings that's very queer friendly run by a guy called tosh always behind the bar he's a really friendly guy and he really tries his best to make it queer friendly and have different artists that are not just gay men in drag. Mm. I got called out recently actually because I wanted to do a before and after of drag queens. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as a boy and as a drag queen. And then a bunch of people, rightly so, said not all drag queens are boys. Correct, yeah. (laughs) You know, that's a prejudice really that I need to have my privilege checked on. I apologised and I will absolutely, when I do that series, make sure that it has not Mm. just gay guys in it. And that's what I'm talking about when I say it's gay city news. But I think that with this drag queen ban going on in the US and various states, that's important. Like Mm -hmm. we need to support other people in our community, not just ourselves. That's Mm -hmm. selfish. Like back in the Stonewall riots, it wasn't just the gay people defending Mm -hmm. um, gay rights. Mm -hmm. It was trans people. It was a whole lot more. And we do need to make sure that we respect them in the same way that they did for yeah. us. Well, with capturing those stories and being so much like on the pulse of a city and you have had a lot of experience living in, in many cities across Australia, what what is happening kind of under the surface? What maybe isn't getting coverage yet or maybe can have a little bit more exposure? 
On Oxford Street recently in Sydney, there's been a lot of verbal abuse and physical violence. And I started covering it like immediately after it happened because I knew about it. And um, soon after the ABC started covering it and other outlets as well. That is one thing that you're starting to see the mainstream um, tune into. The drag queen ban in America in various states, trans rights being attacked from various groups. You've got a Sydney politician, Alex Greenwich, who was slandered by Mm -hmm. another politician from Mm -hmm. One Nation called Mark Latham. It was pretty disgusting and that got a lot of coverage as well. These human rights violations, making sure that that's covered, because I do think that there is that sentiment coming from the US at the moment around this term of grooming and drag queens and it's being imported uh, and some politicians are buying into it. Mm. And so where our rights are being attacked. I mean, like in the census, I would like to see same-sex couples recognised in a better way or sexualities recognised. And I think Mm -hmm. that's coming. I think it's coming. Being an American, living in Australia, I feel like my eyes have opened (laughs) from a different perspective. Um, Living outside the United States, I do feel what happens in America eventually trickles into this country, especially on the polarised right wing or conservative mm. viewpoints around drag and around gender equity and equality. Victoria is probably the most progressive state mm. out of Australia. Labor in general as a party team, seems to be more progressive. They didn't go to the last election with the same platform that they did quite a long time ago and lost on. They were going to have someone who would support the Human Rights Commission and they were going to mm. focus on LGBTI issues um, but that's not happened but maybe things like that will begin to emerge but yeah I don't think we're going to get to the same extent but I do think that there's going to be certain parts of the right side of politics bringing that message here but I think it will be rejected mostly yeah it's so cool to have that representation that's dynamic that shows the variance and the, the kind depth. of complexity and depth of everyone's life, you know, whether you're gay, queer, within the community, Trans, on the sidelines drag. or allies, like what's happening within Sydney on a political sphere, on an entertainment and nightlife sphere. What would you say being a Sydney expert in the gay community and like going out in town? It used to be that when I started going out in like 2010 or 11, you would start your night off at Stonewall, mm-hmm. um, probably at like 10, 11. Uh-huh. Um, then oh, you, I'm already in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too old. <laughs> then you you would end up at Ark to go Stonewall, never mind Ark. And maybe you'd go to Palms if you were f- feeling it. And But now uh, you would probably go to either Universal or Stonewall first. Universal, I think the reason that people have started going there is it was like the only venue to stay open during the pandemic. Oh. And they did, they turned it into like a cabaret, like a cabaret show. Um, you sit, you know, because that was the law at the time. And people just kind of stayed loyal to it. What's interesting about so many venues that I think that is important now is that people like to just chill and gather and mm. start to kind of set the vibe a little bit earlier, like when, you know, the happy hour is on. But there has to be space and an environment for that for people do feel like they're yeah. just welcome to get cozy, well, you know? I like, so I have autism and I'm hypersensitive to sound and touch and feel unless like I'm plastered. 
and I don't want to be plastered mm. all the time. So I noticed that recently there's a club in Melbourne, like a club night that caters to neurodivergent people. Mm. And I thought that was fantastic. Like more of that, please. Uh, and like, that's why I like going to the barrister is that you can actually have conversations with people at mm. clubs. It's just like loud noise. You run into exes and friends yes. and all sorts and maybe there's people making out but where's the true conversation yeah. the authenticity yeah. and so on that's why i like the brunches the bingos yes. the karaoke daytime activities uh and that's what i hope to foster like one day maybe you know i'll do something on gay city news it's like we're gonna take over this straight venue for the day and yeah. show them what kind Let's of crowd we can bring yeah like one day only yes <laughs> we'll be there or yeah. we'll take over there's a park in sydney that's like a very gay park not at night but more of a day friendly dog park uh in elizabeth bay i think it's called bear park all the gays were going there wow. when you could do picnics uh and it was so fun and you don't have to drink alcohol to yeah. be with your friends and have a good time you know yeah well i guess you have sources right and like you do a lot of research and gathering information to put together stories where can people and some of our listeners look to get some yeah juicy information or so news? there's one publication in sydney that does a really good job called star observer uh, and then ABC has an Instagram account called ABC Queer. You've also got DNA Magazine, which I like to call a picture book for adults. <laughs> <laughs> they do some serious stuff in there, um, but it's mostly models. The teaser that you had shared about a project where you want to capture drag queens before and post look application like who would be your dream drag queen to be involved in that project there's a drag queen in Sydney called Miss 3D and I would love to interview them an older drag queen because they've got so much um, so many interesting things they've seen lot. what's happened they've seen a lot and they're still out there yeah um, and that's yeah Mini Cooper's really interesting from that perspective as well not saying Mini Cooper's really old just saying <laughs> that they've been around for a while they've seen they they started uploading videos to their YouTube account of these old shows they did at Arc and I want to see those things come back yeah um, Wigs by Vanity um, another person who runs a wig company but also is Vanity the drag queen mm-hmm. um, you know we, we know what they look at like outside of drag but um fascinating stories Mm. to tell i'm sure and yeah other interviews that i would kind of um like to do uh you know people who were there during the riots definitely want to get the perspective i think we can learn a lot from the past Mm. um yeah that's amazing with that kind of project capturing the drag queens i think will be so incredible and it'll be a story that people would be so excited to see and especially learning from the past and learning from drag queens that have a lot of experience out in the clubs some other ideas or some other stories that you have really enjoyed capturing does anything stand out what are the favorite stories you've covered i think the funniest was probably identifying who was behind this f-type jag sports car that was driving around surrey hills with the number plate t-w-i-n-k no (laughs) really yeah um so i asked around because i saw it it was near this cafe that the gays frequent uh just on the street and like everyone was taking photos with it and so I ended up messaging the guy behind it and wrote a story about him and it was such a a nice story about something you just know people were talking about and they're curious about and 
you, who is the guy behind this like $170,000 oh my goodness. jag? It, like, do, you, do you know who Angeline is? No. So in LA, there was this random woman that decided to buy a pink Corvette and yeah. drive around. And it's her, her plate said Angeline. And she built her notoriety <laughs> from it and became this like incredible kind of cult icon. Yeah. Great way of advertising yourself. But I, I remember asking him, okay, you're 24. What are you going to do? Um, so go and check that out. Fascinating interview. The other story that I was really interested in was I interviewed the guy behind this Instagram account called The Pink Veranda. Mm. Um, it kind of riffs off Sydney's gay scene uh, and it's like a Batuta advocate, so it's satire. So just to give you a bit of taste of like the headlines that they're publishing, one was ARC overwhelmingly voted best gay club in Sydney out of no other options. So that was back in the day. Now there's like so many options. Man in his 90s mistakenly attends pump the 90s party. Uh, 30-something gay man already tired thinking about World Pride 2033. Oh, no. oh 2023, but, you know, 2033, probably we're going to have it again and I'm yeah. very tired of that thought. Uh, lone chick at the kick-on senses the mood has shifted. <laughs> Young gay man realises his personality is just a large repertoire of drag race catchphrases. <laughs> And one more, gay man feeling the pressure of shredding body fat in time for diversity and inclusion celebration. Get out. <laughs> Mighty girl. Um, so, yeah, that, oh, so fun. Um, Love that. Yeah. That is hilarious. Well, you cover a lot of really important topics that other people should really jump in and learn more about and stay connected. Yeah. But thank you so much for joining us. It was so great to meet you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for doing what you're doing. Again, mm. it's that sense of community, bringing people together. Um, we need more of it. Oh, thank you. It's been amazing. Thank you. Um, and yeah, so everyone, please tune in and follow Gay City News on Instagram. We'll put information in the show notes on how you can connect and follow along. And until then, see you next episode. We are so appreciative that you have been tuning in and listening to our episode so far. And if you haven't tuned in, you can listen to our podcast across Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts play. And if you've been enjoying the episodes, we would love for you to leave a review and let us know what you think authentically, what you want to hear in future episodes and some topics that you think we should cover. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe and put alerts on for our weekly updates on when our podcast launch. See you next time. 